We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and learn, and pay respect to the First Nations peoples and their elders past, present, and future. We're recording on Gadigal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to The Green Room, a euphony podcast powered by Yamaha headphones, taking you backstage and behind the scenes with musicians, actors and comedians from around the globe. I'm your host, Tiana Spita, and it is The Green Room's first episode back for 2022. Can you believe it? Here we are. We've made it into another year. And while it does temporarily seem to feel like it's 2020 part three with what's been going on so far, I hope you're still managing to find some joy and shenanigans in and amongst it all. And I am so stoked that you have joined me today. The last time The Green Room was in action in late 2021, we revisited all of my guests from the year in a two-part special, from local and international musicians to film, TV and comedy stars, and we even had a little lightning round look back at my guests answering what we'd usually find in their own green rooms when they're on the road. So there's plenty of fun there for you if you missed it. And it's also was quite crazy to recall how many epic chats I was spoiled with last year, and I hope you enjoyed what you heard if you did tune in. But we do have a huge year planned already, so let's get started. The spoiling is continuing with gusto into 2022, kicking off today with my first guest for this year, none other than Dave Bailey from Glass Animals. Glass Animals are a band who have steadily charmed the world with their affable and dreamy take on indie pop and rock since the group first caught the eyes and ears of Adele's producer Paul Etworth back in 2012. Since then, the group have unveiled three studio albums. They're currently nominated for a Grammy Award in 2022. And a bit closer to home here in Australia, their iconic track Heat Waves took out the coveted number one spot, of course, on the Triple J Hottest 100 of 2020. But more recently, it's also scored Spotify's most streamed track in 2021. And it also took out the number one spot on the 2021 Aria End of Year Singles Charts. Not too shabby for a track released all the way back in 2020. As many already know, Glass Animals are an anomaly in the best possible way, conjuring otherworldly psychedelic pop and electronica in their recordings, and they also often rework their tracks to be a little bit more dance-friendly for their live sets. And speaking of live sets, Aussie fans are set to cop the group live in action later this year, with the group lined up to play their biggest headline shows here to date, including Perth, Sydney and Melbourne in July, and they're of course also on deck for the sold-out Splendour in the Grass extravaganza lined up for July as well. And now to talk live shows, personal songwriting, what kept him going through the pandemic and so much more, including the fact that I scarily and poetically had some glass shatter in front of me thanks to a storm the moment our Zoom call kicked off. Here is Dave Bailey from Glass Animals for the first 2022 episode of The Green Room. Well, I have Dave now here from Glass Animals joining me on the Green Room podcast. Dave, I would normally say a normal hello, but I've just had the weirdest thing happen that I was going to say before we started, but it's probably more exciting to do it in the episode. I just had a storm roll through and a little glass thing just toppled onto my desk and smashed in front of me 
as soon as I had to jump on this. So I'm sitting here with little shards of glass talking to Dave from Glass Animals. So I feel like it's really oh poetic. God slash dangerous and life-threatening. Yes. Careful. Oh, it's only tiny, luckily. But it's so exciting to have you here today. I mean, not only have you had such an incredible 2021, despite all the odds, but we are now primed and ready for a new year. And selfishly, we also get to have Glass Animals return to Australia finally, which is such an exciting sentence yes. to utter. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be like, I feel like it's going to be a moment. I, yeah. It's going to feel like coming home. Yeah. I'm very excited. Well, I feel like you kind of almost are these honorary Australians and with Dreamland coming to town, how does it feel to actually be able to take this long, long plane trip out here once again? Because I do know it's been a little while here now since you've been down under. It's been too long, basically, frankly. I, I'm just, I just can't wait. I, I think it's, Australia is always where we've had the best shows ever and crazy stuff always, ha I don't know why, but <laughs> crazy stuff always happens at shows. I remember the first show I think it was the first show we ever did in Australia was um, at a festival called Falls Festival. And someone, it was like one in the afternoon. So basically like people have probably just started drinking, hopefully. Yeah. And like as soon as we started playing, someone climbed up all the scaffolding of the, the tent and like had this belt made of wine bags and was basically feeding the, the crowd. It was... <laughs> Yeah, just stuff like that always seems to happen. Oh, the Australian culture going strong at Falls Fest for glass animals. I love it. Um, well, excitingly, we do have like standalone glass animal shows to look forward to, but you'll obviously be returning to a festival stage. You'll be playing Splendor in the Grass, of course, after a lot of postponements have been happening with this one. But how pumped are you to get on stage at more festivals in 2022? I know you've been doing a few more things in 2021, but how keen are you to get back on the festival circuits in Australia as well? I'm so pumped. I'm really, really pumped. I Basically, I love festivals because we get to play it and then we get to go and see stuff. We get like, I try my best always to hang around and see as much music as possible. I have like a little, uh, I have a couple, I have like a little, what's it called? Disguise Ooh. sort of thing. I don't know if I'll be able to bring it. I might have to get a new one. Is it like, where's um, Wally, but it's Dave? <laughs> well, I just have a shark suit, but I've just given it away. So now I need a new one anyway. Mm. I shouldn't have said that, really. I should have made something up and well, lied. Well, maybe maybe you'll just do the shark thing and just fool everyone and people will be like, no, it's not him. He's not doing the shark this time. So it could fool I everyone. Need, you yeah. never know. I'll get a new one. Maybe I'll mm -hmm. do like SpongeBob or something. But I need to stop saying what my disguise is going to be. Because... Well, I didn't want to say anything, but look, you do you. I'm, I'm very, whatever happens, I'm sure we'll look after you no matter even if you are discovered. So I'm sure you'll be very well looked after when you're here. But I don't want to ask anything that will give away too many secrets, only some minor safe secrets. What can we expect from a Glass Animals live show in 2022? Like has the pandemic allowed for more time to branch out, simplify, experiment or plan anything extra special? No, not at all. It's incredibly boring. And oh, we basically just sit down and we sit down cross-legged and just stare Ooh. at the crowd for an hour. I'm into this. I'm so keen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> excited. No, we have, we have a lot of fun. We are... Uh, what do we do? We do a kind of like reworked version of all the songs live. We've had a lot of time to rehearse. Some would say we're over rehearsed because we had nothing else to do for a year and a half. Um, so we really went, <laughs> we went in, we kind of, we changed a lot of, a lot of the songs. So they just sound more like, it's more dancey. 
I think, than the than the recordings. The recordings are quite chill, quite mellow, and we we try to make it different to the recording because you can just go home and listen to the recordings. This is press play on the phone while you're there, but no, that'd be rude. Would never do that. Um, but <laughs> obviously, I know you guys over there have opened up. You've just been able to get around a few places, whereas in Australia, we've been a little bit behind with that. But what was it like to get back out on the stage for the first time after like eighteen months of no shows? Like, was it rusty? Did it just come back straight away, like muscle memory? It was. It was nerve wracking, you know. I was pretty scared. I didn't. I st I always get a little nervous before going out in front. I think it's quite. It's not like, sorry, I've got. Um, I just had a bagel and some cereals. Oh, so jealous. Um, hiccuping and burping. Uh, but I, I'm not like I'm a little bit kind of shy. I'm, I'm weird. I'm slightly like afraid of crowds. Mm. Um, which, so this is a terrible job choice for me, but, uh, so I get a bit nervous is what I'm trying to say. And I was really nervous because it was the first, the first shows in a really long time. And some of the first shows since our drummer had this bad accident and he's made this like miracle recovery, but, um, some of the, our first shows back with him. And so I knew he was really nervous. And I think for that reason, it just felt so, it felt like totally euphoric. After we got that first song out of the way, it just felt like totally euphoric. I actually cried. I was, I was completely overwhelmed. Yeah. Wow. And that's the thing, like uh, this album, obviously it's, I'm not, don't want to say it's not just another album, but obviously there's a bit of a difference with what happened with Dreamland. Obviously, like you touched on, there were a few factors that did play into it. And, you know, there's a bit more nostalgia stylistically. It leans into some R&B and hip hop, but um, the conception, I believe, took place in the aftermath of that pretty heavy moment for your amazing drama. Can you take me back to the early days of Dreamland prior to any of these awful happenings? Like, was the plan always to branch out and get a little bit autobiographical? Or I know something famously you have not done a lot with Glass Animals in the past, or did it purely emerge from what was happening around that time, around 2018 onwards? I think it was a couple of things. That, that accident definitely was the kind of final push. Uh, but before that, that we'd done this song, there was a song called Agnes on the second record. That was like the first personal song that I'd ever written. I've always kind of like, I hate talking about personal stuff. And, uh, I, I played the guys, this song Agnes at the end of the second album process. And they were like, you have to put this on the record. And I was like, I really don't want to. I'm quite shy. This is too personal. And he's, they don't made me do it basically. And. I think the response from people to that song was like a big encouraging factor. Mm. Like we put out a personal song and people, it was definitely had the most kind of crazy personal response from people. Um, and that was encouraging. I thought if I wrote a personal song and people, uh, it meant something to a couple of people, I could maybe do it again. Mm. And then I was doing a lot of writing for other people and when I wrote like personal story, because someone else is singing, so it's it's easy to write something personal uh, to you. So I was I was writing some personal stuff, and that was the stuff they kind of gravitated towards. And mm. then I realized that all my heroes kind of write quite personal songs, and they make you feel a bit less like I don't know. They kind of just they make you feel a bit less alone when yeah. they've written something personal because you can relate. So all all of those things, and then finally Joe had this accident, and um. And it was just like, I was just sitting in the hospital waiting for news, really. And your brain goes to really weird places, strange, uh, 
kind of weirdly similar to the pandemic you're not out going out doing new things creating new memories seeing your friends because you're just sitting in a room waiting for news mm. the future looks really bleak and uh yeah your brain kind of starts to relive old memories and that was it that's when i started like writing some of those down mm. and it's seeing a lot of that isn't it interesting when something so personal and so autobiographical does come out but like you said it does connect with so many people like it's the beauty of art I mean it's not always designed for other people to connect with but it just inevitably taps into something so universal with it at the end of all of this seeing it come out like all your memories and early you know experiences coming into this final end product like did you feel relieved when it came out or did it feel like a bit overly personal like how did you actually feel as a band collectively to approach not only a new album but something so inherently personal as well it felt weird it felt really weird i was really i was scared it was i felt a bit like i was walking out naked <laughs> and uh it was it, yeah especially considering the the climate of the world you know everyone was locked in everyone was really listening to old music kind of trying to find comfort in the past at that point because the whole world was locked locked down with covid and i didn't really know where new music fit into that and i, I felt weirdly selfish talking about personal stuff and i felt i was yeah i, I think like a lot of people did felt very like self-conscious in that time anyway so yeah it was, it was a scary thing to do and to be honest, I had zero expectations for the record. I'd had conversations with my management saying like, look, you're going to put this album out. It's going to be a flop because the world just is in a different place right now. But put it out. Otherwise, it'll be old. You've been promising people this music for a long time and then just start writing your next one. Yeah. So I had I had that in my head. Um, But at the same time, it was so personal. It was like my baby and I really wanted it to do. So I, I yeah, did everything I could. Um, to give it a kind of life and somehow it's gotten us here yeah stick around after this short break there is plenty more gold from day from glass animals including australian adoration performance imperfections and what his life jacket was to stay afloat during the pandemic that and more right after this love music press play a new release podcast from euphony each week, Press Play rounds up the best in new music landing in stores and streaming services. Catch all the latest album, EP, and single news, as well as a roundup of reissues, anniversary, and vinyl releases. Host Tiana Speeder is joined by a panel of knowledgeable music experts alongside artists discussing their new releases. Visit euphony.com.au or listen to Press Play on your favorite podcast platform. And the response to something so personal and obviously something you had seemingly small expectations for from your side of it has been just astronomical. I mean, the ricocheting effect that that album has had and it's, I know so many people I've spoken to are just obsessed with it and it was such a, almost like a, you know, life jacket during the pandemic to have something to cling on to that was, you know, not always upbeat and always happy, very lucky, but just something to kind of cling to and express yourself through. And not only that, obviously here in Australia, I think we'll just keep adopting you. Like you guys have just absolutely smashed it in 2021. I mean, you've had number one spot in the Triple J Holders 100. You've absolutely smashed the ARIA records. You've had the most streamed song in Australia in 2021. And I believe 92 million streams in 2021, just for heat waves alone. Like 
it's entirely not too shabby. And I feel like the love affair is very, very real for this, your baby that you have put out for everyone. Oh my God. I mean, all of that stuff is almost incomprehensible, but I, I, I guess I have to say that like the, the reaction in Australia, that was like one of the first places that, I mean, ever in the history of the band, that kind of, that, like, liked us yeah. <laughs> um, and it was the kind of the same with this record like watching the response over there and people like social media and um and things were kind of i don't know I, I would kind of wake up to see what people were doing and it, there was all this amazing artwork and these like people listening to the record all coming from australia yeah. and that's that was my that was kind of my life jacket that's why i got up through that period when I could well have been and kind of was quite feeling pretty doomed yeah um so I, yeah thank you to everybody really um, oh it's it's been incredible yeah. to see and it just seems to go from strength to strength and I mean we obviously didn't represent ourselves as probably brilliantly as we could have with the guy with his wine belt feeding the crowd but it's very <laughs> very very benevolent so I'll give him that but when you are in Australia compared to say when you're playing like a home crowd or somewhere else in the world I mean we're about to finally get more glass animals finally we probably won't let you leave but is there like a pretty sturdy or typical glass animals fan no matter where you go or are we particularly rowdy or is there a, anything unique about us yeah i mean there's lot uh, there's lots unique about australia <laughs> if if i could i would i would come and never leave uh but i have a dog and my mom um who would be that's really fair. upset yep that's um, i'll allow that that lucky you said that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she has actually just very recently gotten an Australian boyfriend. Um, oh. Yes, go mum. Yes, uh, go on. <laughs> so maybe maybe I will be coming and staying over there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But um, like I, um, in terms of what the crowd, I mean, the crowds are always amazingly, like, the great thing about playing in Australia is the crowds are just, like, happy to be there. I, feel, I don't want to diss anywhere else. In the we world. don't get out very much, so we, we like to go out and see shows. What? Are you kidding? Everyone seems to always be up for going out. and yeah, like, yeah, we're doing... out. I'm out right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, um, Laura, who's on this call as well, is actually on the Zoom call and out at the moment. So, like, My hero. I don't know if you saw it, she's, like, walking around. Like, everyone's always out and doing stuff. It's wicked. Mm. And everyone's kind of up for having a really good time i feel like some other places not all places can be a little bit like all right guys impress me <laughs> when you're like standing on the stage and the like the crowd can just be there like cross arm it takes a minute it takes like a couple songs and then they're like all right we'll have fun now yeah but australia it's like even before the show has begun people are ready in it um it makes it so much it makes it so nice going on stage. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I guess something I wanted to ask you based on something you said earlier, like, I mean, you said you were obviously a little bit more sounding like an introvert. Like I'm an introvert, but I talk to people all the time. So I've also picked the wrong job. But in terms of like stages, you've played the full gamut of stuff at this point. You've done festivals, live, big venues, small venues, everything. Do you actually prefer one over the other when you kind of get a chance to play smaller shows do you enjoy them more or do you just love everything and anything and just take whatever comes or do you have a secret preference i've been asked this question a lot and i never i 
I've thought about it and I always end up giving a different answer because oh. at any given time I'm up for, <laughs> up for something different. They yes. all have something special. Those small shots are good because you can like see people's faces and they're sweaty and everyone's like sweating on each other and there's a kind of cool energy to that mm -hmm. the big shows are wicked because like that they're just that's a lot of people they make a lot of noise it's, it's, it's quite exciting yeah. um and festivals i i will always have a thing for festivals i think maybe i'll maybe i'll go with festivals today yeah uh, so we'll check in in like six months time and just see what you're saying just to see if the story's yeah. changed <laughs> i just festivals are I feel like everyone just is ready to have fun. At yeah, festival. absolutely. Well, and you guys, I mean, you would fit in anywhere, but there is just something about hearing glass animals. I saw you guys live, I think at Laneway. I couldn't tell you the day because oh, yeah. I'm losing my memory with each passing day, but it was, you could like, you could barely get to the stage. I, I think I was halfway up the hill. I'm like, oh, this is as good as it's going to get. Okay. But it was so, it, like, it was just such a beautiful vibe. The sun was still out. It was very wholesome, but it was just such a beautiful experience and yeah, I feel like you guys can play anywhere, but especially ready for an Aussie festival. Like the festival vibes are real, definitely. I'm so ready. There's so much good music in Australia at the moment that, and like the lineups, these festivals are amazing. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be special. Yeah. Well, speaking of live shows, like I don't want to take you back too far down memory lane, but considering we've got a little bit of time to wait till you come here, I know you guys have played, as I said, countless shows, but. Can you take me back to like the first ever proper official Glass Animals gig? Like I know you guys played, you know, probably just a bit over a decade. You kind of officially became the band that is Glass Animals at the moment. But where was the first proper show? Who was there? Would we chalk it up as a success? No. <laughs> Excellent. It was not a success. It was, it was shit. I, uh, it was at a venue that was across the street from my house. I went and gave them a demo CD and they were like, cool, you can come play. We were playing at like four in the afternoon on a bill of like five artists and uh, there was no one there and we only had two songs. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was terrible. We played for about seven minutes and that was it. Maybe even less than that, probably about five minutes. We had no idea. Type we five. <laughs> Your type five, yeah, type five. Let's call it that. <laughs> shit five. Shit five, I uh, like it. <laughs> uh, tight shit five. Yep, perfect. And it just, uh, we learned a lot. That's what I'll say. We stood completely still on stage. And at this point, we all had really long hair because we did. Because yep. um, we, <laughs> we didn't want to pay for haircuts. And... Uh, we looked totally ridiculous uh yeah and it taught us it taught us basically that we needed to have a bit more fun on stage we took it way too seriously for that five minutes we were like okay we're gonna focus nail this and game face perfectly. on yeah but actually what's good about a show is you don't necessarily want like if you perform everything perfectly like the recording it's actually quite i find it quite boring mm. i've seen a lot of shows like that and uh it's nice but I can go home and put my headphones on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And did any of the song, well, songs, do I say plural songs, one and a bit songs, did have any of those songs survived and made it into a live set in Glass Animals later on beyond that? Or did you retire those songs after that first gig? 
Yeah, we bin them immediately. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really, they were, tr- they were trash. <laughs> they were absolutely trash. And uh, I think by the time we played a gig in Australia, which wasn't that long after that, really, mm. um, because that was, yeah, it was just one of the first places, one of the only places <laughs> where at the beginning people actually like listened to the music. Mm. Um, and we, we came over and we didn't have that much music. I remember we went to we were playing our first show at the Ding Dong Lounge in Melbourne. I don't know if you remember that place. Yes. And uh, our the person who was putting on the show, Renee, who's still still our uh, promoter to this day, um, was like, "So how long are you going to play for?" And we were like, "Well, you know, like twenty five minutes." And she was like, "They're gonna no, they're gonna be so unhappy. They're gonna <laughs> rip your head off." And um, so we we basically had to play. We have this song called Gooey, and we just played it at the end for as long as we possibly could. We played like a twenty minute version of it, and then we walked off stage. And we came on and we played it again. Um, flushed it out. We get we did we did about forty five minutes. Very proud. Oh, forty five minute cut of Gooey. Please release that as a single for me. <laughs> it was too long. It was way too long. I'm just picturing like the weird experimental jazz section from Spinal Tap where they just go go real improv like I'm I think I don't know like if you ever get bored and someone can't make it to a festival it could be a little backup <laughs> I, I'm game I'm game it'll be it'll be shit but <laughs> that's such a like it's just all it's all about the experience we'll just experience it all together <laughs> now I know you've had a huge couple of months like a, we'll say more than that a huge couple of years and obviously 2022 is hopefully looking a lot brighter for all of us but aside from the incredible stuff you guys have been doing, has there been any particular bands or artists or albums that have caught your eye in 2021? Have there been any new releases that you've been secretly churning through while you're doing all your other adventures? That's a good question. I have. I was thinking about this the other day and I wrote a list. Oh. Because um, it's that time of year, isn't it? It's that it sure time is. of year. You start thinking about what you're listening to. I've been listening to Wet Leg. Do you know Wet Leg? I do know Wet Leg. I like Wet Leg. Um, some called Shays Long. I like that one. I got obsessed with this Troy Sivan song. Yep. Um, it's called Could Cry Just Thinking About You. It's like a really raw, like, acoustic number. And I think it's just... Is that how you pronounce his name? Sivan? Troy Sivan, yes. Nailed it. Yeah. Oh, just like, beautiful song, that. Yeah. And um, what else? I listen to Lord Record a lot. I really love that one. Mm-hmm. I always have time for Kanye records. So yes. I've listened to that a bit. And um, I've been listening to this guy, Didi uh, Dumbo. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I end up revisiting his records every once in a while just because I think they're so beautifully recorded. And um, yeah, that's kind of, that, was, that was what I wrote down. Yeah, I actually think I discovered... Well, not discovered. I didn't personally discover them, but DD Jumbo around the same time I started listening to Glass Animals, interestingly enough. So there's a nice cross crossover there. That's very interesting. Yeah, I like I um saw him at a festival. I was talking about going to see artists at festivals. And uh yeah, yeah I've been to see him at many a festival. Yeah. Great musician. Oh, fantastic. I might actually do another binge on that. You've just reminded me I'll have to write down so I don't forget. <laughs> yeah, do but- 
Yeah, well, you've helping me. I just secretly ask that so I can amass my own playlist from other people and not have to actually think of anything. But um, beyond that, let's think about you again for a minute here. I mean, obviously, 2022, Aussie Tours, Splendor Festivals, everything else that's going on. The sky is definitely not even the limit for you guys, I feel like, coming into 2022. But is there anything else you can reveal about what glass animals might be getting up to in the new year? Yes, I can say that. That won't it's get you in trouble. Going. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. No, it's all right. It's all right. We've got, we've got something coming. Uh, uh some, some kind of musical thing. Mm-hmm. Music, not a musical, but something oh damn, to do with music. <laughs> yes, it's a, we've done a musical. <laughs> uh oh, that could be interesting. No, I don't know. Not not for not for me yet. Just, think. just, in, just put it in the like far away to do list, just in case for a rainy day. Just in case. I don't know what I'd write about cereal, musical about cereal mm. and eating, but uh, there's some music coming. I can't say much more than that. And That's I will that. I'll just ta- even that makes me so happy, yeah. and very many, many people as well, and probably That's you guys it. as well. <laughs> I'll say it's a collaborative effort. That's all. That's all I'll say. Excellent. Well, thank you for that little snippet. And I know you've got plenty of other things to be doing, so I won't keep you long, but considering I have brought you on the Green Room podcast today, I always like to ask my musical guests, especially, what is one key item you like to have backstage in your green room when you're on the road, whether it's silly, essential, or just personally meaningful? Uh, I always have cereal on, on the, on the rider. Just because I, I eat it before the show. I eat it when I wake up. I eat it f- for lunch and I eat it after the show. I just, it's an easy, quick snack. It's delicious. And I think by now I've tasted all the cereals from all around the world. Ooh, what's Some your go-to? What's the go-to? You know what? Right now I am really digging this stuff. It's called Apple Jacks. Do you know that? Hmm. It's, it's American. Because we've just it been sounds- in America for so yeah, long. Yeah, right. I even brought some back with me. It's like, it's right here. And it is, it's quite sugary. It's the only thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite sugary. But that's, that's what I'm on at the moment. Yeah, I like it. Well, note to Australia, we might need to get you stocked up on some good cereals when you come out here. So I don't know if we've got any new ones. It's been a while, but you know, we might just have some newbies to tempt you with when you come out. Yeah, please, honestly, send them over. Um, I'm happy to taste Maybe you should make your own. That can be your, that can be your other step. You've tasted so you many. That, you say that, but there's uh, like, I've, it's genuinely something I'm trying to do. Oh my God. I am. I am. I am. Um, I, I shouldn't say too much more about that. Oh, more secrets. We won't. Okay. Say no more. We'll stop it there so we don't get you in trouble. But it's been <laughs> amazing to chat to you today. Uh, I know everyone here is just so excited to have you back here when you guys do get out for splendor and your shows but until then i can't wait to see what other chart records you smash here all the other things you do and no doubt between then and now you'll have even more amazing milestones up your sleeve so here's to an incredible 2022 and congratulations on everything so far thank you so much and thank you for having me on the show likewise we'll have to find some good cereal (laughs) yes please And that brings us to the end of the first Green Room episode for this year. A huge thank you to Dave for joining me and, of course, his whole team for making it happen. And if, like me and most people with a pulse, you cannot wait till they return down under, you can keep up to date with all things glass animals over at their beautifully retro website. All that info is in today's episode's show notes. 
and currently Glass Animals are set to play HBF Stadium in Perth, Autumn Pavilion in Sydney, John Kane Arena in Melbourne and Splendour in the Grass in Byron in July. Here is crossing all of our collective fingers these epic shows go ahead and we can have them back in Australia. And while you are waiting for these live shows to go ahead as well, you can also grab a watch of today's episode with me and Dave, plus a heap of other chats I've had with people like Tom Morello, Duran Duran, UMI, The Jungle Giants, Auntie Donna, Greta Ray, so many others. They're all over on YouTube as we speak. Just search The Green Room with Tiana Speeder or head to euphony.com.au to learn more. And while you're visiting euphony.com.au, you can catch up on any previous episodes of The Green Room there that you may have missed. There's also a bunch of other podcasts to discover. There is something for everyone over there, sport, music, pop culture, you name it. Otherwise, you can check out any episodes you may have missed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts from. And while it is a new year, the same podcast stuff carries over. Any likes, follows, subscribes, shares, even a cheeky review on Apple Podcasts helps us out more than you know. So if you do like what you're hearing on The Green Room, get amongst it. Give us a shout out. I don't bite. I don't think. Anyway, that's enough for today. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll catch you next time on The Green Room. Tiana Speeder is a Euphony podcast, created by Craig Trewick, produced by Tiana Speeder and Andrew Mast, hosted by Tiana Speeder, recorded, edited, and engineered by Zig Parker, music by Zig Parker. <laughs>